Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Look at us, all four. There we are. We're here. <laughs> you were looking at your phone. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, was... And how did John get here today? That's a good question. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a story. Oh, I've got a moped. I, I have wanted a moped since they untied the donkey for Jesus uh, <laughs> at the stable. I, I... He was forward thinking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, so sorry. Jesus moped was this, <laughs> this geeky sixty-some-year-old guy <laughs> going through the neighborhoods. Of this you like that on. sound, though. You oh, like I love that. that sound. I love yeah. that sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so. I'm just a little kid right now. So if they go to Facebook, they could see your scooter. They could. Your, your they moped. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call it a scooter. They, they could see uh, my yeah. halting start. It uh-huh. wasn't yes. an impressive start. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then, then off in the distance, I go. And that your helmet that does look like the from the move from the show Chips. <laughs> Chips. Yeah. <laughs> California Eric Highway. Estrada. You and Eric, man. Yeah. State Patrol. The Estrada look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it so matches. I, I gotta tell you, never in my life would I've ever seen you on one. Oh, in my mind, I'm just thinking. Oh. Not John, but look at you. Oh, Come on. Guys, back in the day, I had a Suzuki 50. And I was telling David Bruce yesterday that uh, it was just I was just a kid, and I didn't have much money. I wore a welder's helmet <laughs> <laughs> on my bike. I just had a big in red public. welder's helmet, sweating like on an your, old mule. On your way to a date. On way, my way to a date, thinking she's going to be impressed She's going to. Maybe she'd like to weld something with you. <laughs> Did, and then did she ride with you on a? No, oh, oh. no, because you never had a chance because Camelback and Scottsdale rode the oh, fork yeah. broke on it. And well, you I, have that welder's helmet. You should just <laughs> weld it back on. <laughs> I didn't have the welder's tools. Did you? So you you laid it down. You uh, you I, had a little crash. I was able to walk it. I laid it down. Yes, I laid uh, it down. But then eventually picked it up and uh-huh. got to her place. He was only going twenty seven. Yeah. So. Suzuki fifty. You Still, don't, you get some road rash out of that. Oh, I did. And, and sympathy that oh. night. Oh, yes, yeah. there you yeah. go. That nice, a, nicely the played, I my friend. The yeah. I remember. There was some necking going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, that's okay. Not, there you yeah, go. This morning. Thank that's you for coming. Thank you. Uh, 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 not what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> John, may the Lord bless you richly. <laughs> yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, hey, by the way, we're going to start taking these podcasts more seriously because we're finding out there's people who are listening to them. <laughs> really? Uh oh. We're going places now, and everybody keeps saying, "I listen to all of them. I listen to them every week." Oh, so that's yeah. So cool. we promise to wrap it up, uh, just ratchet it up a level. Wow. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So what are we doing? What's happening, John? Yeah. Um, all these, it seems so often, either here or on some of our uh, online courses, we're handling problem passages that get in the way of us believing these truths. But as important, maybe more important, are the formative passages that gave us permission to see life the way we do, to see scripture without the moralism, without the shame filter. And... So we thought we, for a while, would do passages that, oh, this one right here, this one right here. When I saw God's word, it lit me open to believe that I, I could live this way. Um, and all of them, all of us have them. And it would be good for us to share them. And then we thought, for some of us, 
Bill was sharing one today and David's sharing one today. Um, we keep reading the word anew and have fresh expression yeah. to some of those convictions. And David, five minutes ago, said, this just happened to me out of yeah. Galatians 6. So, David, yeah, we'll follow you. So um, a little history here. I was I was hanging out with my uh, small group guys, my high school guys, and I was talking to them about how I see people. And and Bruce's big prayer for my whole time he's known me, which is a good prayer for me, is that I would see people differently than how I began my life. Um, because especially in high school, as I was telling my guys, I would I knew the word fairly well, and I really wanted to do the right thing, and I really wanted to live the right life. And when I saw people who weren't, um, it really confused me and I would say mean judgmental things. And even if I didn't, my heart was dark toward them. And so I'm always, um, struck by passages that, that just remind me not only how God sees me, but how God allows me to see others really regardless of the believers or not, but in particular for believers, because we can be so hard on each other. And so in uh, Galatians 6 struck me from the message, but um, let me just give you a little context. I'll read, <clears throat> I'll read up until that point a few verses back into Galatians 5, and then we'll, we'll just spend a little time talking about Galatians 6 there. So hopping all the way back to verse 22, it says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. Mm -hmm. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way into life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good crucified. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. So good. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. And so from there into, into chapter 6 it says, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Mm-hmm. So that whole mm-hmm. section there is just—it just brings <laughs> so much encouragement about how do I want to live? Well, here's a good way I want to live. Amen. Amen. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. <laughs> That's so good. And, and I want to ask you guys, like, I think a lot of times we could see that as like, don't, you know, we're all super screwed up and, and don't get, I think there's a little bit different way to, a lot a whole different shift of a way to see that. But I want to ask you guys, how do you see that? How do you see that, that sense of, of 
humility in how you see people and, and how you want to let them in when, when you have things going on in your lives. I think the verses that you read before are so powerful. They, they, wait, you're a new creature. You got better things to do. Stop mm-hmm. picking up cigarette butts off the sidewalk and looking at them. You got better things to do. And comparing with each other, he's saying, it just misses the boat of what I've done in you. And I've got such beautiful things for you to do in building up each other. Um, you don't have time for it anymore. It used to be what you did, but you don't have time for it anymore. So that even that setup to that just struck me again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it reminds me who I am. I, if my identity is secure in Christ, um, if, if I know that I'm accepted, if I know that I'm loved, I don't have to have that old currency of am I better than you? Are you worse than me so that I can feel good about myself? Right. Now, I still go back there. But the truth that I don't have to go there, I've got better things to do. That's right. That's right. That's so good. You know, as we um, think about this, I was just with a a large room of caregivers who are working in the Salvation Army centers. And and they meet with people who are picking butts off their street. And, And we had some great discussions, actually, about these things. And part of it is that last phrase, if you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. I I love the strength of what he's saying here. He's saying to us, you have a wrong picture of who you are. If somehow in your theology you're better than. That's the mindset of the Pharisee. Mm -hmm. That's the mindset of the legalist. It says, let me show you what Christ has done in me. He's made me better than. And, and that's not what the work of Christ did me. The work of Christ does not make me better than you. The work of Christ makes me healthy, and therefore I can love you. And that, that's, that's, that's really significant. It's like, wait, we miss that. We have so many up-and-outer Christians who have gotten to that place where they finally are somebody. And they're hanging yeah. on to that somebody. They're in the right neighborhood, they have the right car, they got enough money. They're they're finally arrived. And he says, wait a minute, if you think you're too good, you're the one that's deceived. Yeah. Oh, you might deign to mentor someone and gentrify them a little bit in the spirit, but and, and it's not a religious game of denying no, of course not. I mean, Thanks. yes, we have talents. Yes, we have uh, capacities. Right. Yes, we have varying capacities, but it doesn't make me a better person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so true. I was talking with my guys about this last night, and they were asking, so what about false humility? We had this whole conversation yeah. on humility. What is pride? What is false humility? It, it was so exciting to be able to talk yeah. through those things and be like, God, look at this passage. It says God has created you to live creatively, to be unique, to have passion, to have exuberance, to have – when did we think that the Christian life was about us not getting to be something awesome? Amen. Our last uh, Friends of True Face was on freedom. And I think about freedom when I read Galatians 6, those first few verses, because when someone gets stuck in a sin or a conflict, um, a failure of some sort, what they are losing is the freedom for which Christ set them free. And that's why he asked these Galatians, you know, you were running really well. 
somebody cut in on you. What, what happened? And part of it was the moralism that you were just talking about is how they got cut in on. For many of us too, we get stuck in hiding because we believe that moralism that the Galatians believed. And so we know that hiding leads to all kinds of conflict and unresolved sin issues. Well, so when we get to restore someone, we get to actually bring them back into the experience of that freedom for which Christ set them free. And and he says, when you do that, when you bear their stuff, you actually fulfill the one thing I've asked you to do. That's it. Love one another. Yeah. It it is that simple. Beautiful. And what's so interesting is when they, quote, are restored, they're like you. And yeah. that's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. They don't, they don't now live as the restored one. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm, you know, me. I'm, the, always be I'm the ex this, I'm the ex that. No, no, no. That's, that's not, that's not that's true. That's so good. That's that so doesn't good. happen. If, so if I end up being restored by those who have helped me, but I'm always subservient to them because they help me, we've missed the whole that's point. That's not restoration. We, we missed right. the whole point. That's we, right. we are together one. The very part at the start of this, David, that I think those first few words that really touched me when you read them is, live creatively, friends. What? Live creatively. Bruce, you were just saying it. Live in the freedom you have. Don't be a bunch of spiritual jerks. <laughs> just don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, lie. don't act pious and all religious and be, be free. But, mm. but, you know, to live creatively requires a lot of freedom to not be in the bondage of what you or somebody did to me. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Oh. Well, David, well, thank you. Yeah, strong out of the gate. Yeah, gentlemen. terrific. We'll yeah. do this some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye, you guys.